Hello and welcome to another episode of To Be Perfectly Honest. As always, I'm your host, Corey. And I'm Anel. And today we are talking about Season 1, Episode 3, Lord Snow, the third episode in the first season of Game of Thrones. So, Anel, what did what you did think, think of this? How dare you ask me that question? I know. You know I love Game of Thrones. I love um, anything that builds the characters that we later come to love and hate. And this was just one episode that did it um, perfectly. You know, we got to know a little bit about Joffrey being a biatch and Cersei. I'm not supposed to cuss, but Cersei was not a nice lady. Definitely not. Um, yeah, this episode I thought was great. Let's go through a quick run-through of it. That way we have everyone caught up, and then we can go into the questions. Okay, so in this episode, we had Ned arriving at King's Landing to be greeted, greeted by Jamie. He was sitting on the steps of the throne. They kind of trade blows with each other, make a couple jabs. Um, and then we have Ned going into the small council meeting. We find out that Ned um, is a little surprised that Robert doesn't really do anything, and he has actually bankrupt the kingdom. We're introduced to the small council members of Renly, who is Robert's brother. Uh, Varys, who's the Master of Whispers, also known as the Spider. Uh, Maester Pycelle, who has been the Grand Maester for multiple kings, and then Peter Baelish, who's the Master of Coin and also has a hard-on for Catelyn. Woohoo! We have King Robert wants to throw a tourney to celebrate that he has a new hand, and he says, eh, let's just go further into debt. Currently, we are $6 million in debt, and half of that is to the Lannisters. We have Joffrey and Cersei. Joffrey's trying to not be a little shit, and his mom's like, no, please. Shocking. Be more of a little shit. Um, she says that basically you can change the history to whatever you want whenever you're going to be king. We have Ned bringing his daughter Sansa, a doll. She basically goes, Dad, I don't want that. I want to fuck the prince. Um, he goes and talks to his other daughter, Arya, and finds out that she just wants to be a boy and use her knife, or her sword, rather, named Needle. And it sounds like he decides that she's going to need a little bit more training with that. Good. Back in Winterfell, we have Recovering Bran with Nan, and she's telling some crazy stories, and we're not sure which ones are true, but it sounds like when winter comes, it's going to be a crazy one, and in the past, there were winters that were 100 feet deep of snow. They lasted for generations long, and that was really like a thousand years ago, and it's also when the White Walkers marched through all the kingdoms with their horses and ice spiders. And it's also 2019. Oh, shit. <laughs> Thank God winter's almost over. Um, snow lock, apocalypse, or whatever they say. <laughs> <laughs> um, Catelyn goes to the capital, and she's trying to be sneaky, but basically everybody knows she's there. Um, we have Snow, who's training at the wall. Tyrion is with him, and he finds out that basically everybody is there against their will besides Snow. <laughs> um, we have Meister Pycelle brings Ned the, um, the news, but uh, Baelish says that he should share it with his wife, and Ned's like, what? My, my wife's in Winterfell. Nope, she's in a whorehouse, and he almost chokes him to death. <laughs> um, we also have John is getting kind of beat to shit, but Tyrion saves him and kind of says, hey, you should probably uh, grow up a little bit because not everybody was even trained with a sword, so you should realize that you have hashtag white privilege. White privilege. Um, we also catch up with Kat and Robert, and uh, Peter says that he will, or Batar, as they call him in the books. That's one of my favorite. Batar. Batar Baelish. Um, 
Peter says that he will try to keep him alive, but it's a fool's task. We have Cersei and Jamie again are fighting about the child waking up, and we find Lover's out quarrel. The war for Cersei's cunt, as I like to call it. And uh, we see that Jamie will basically do anything for his sister um, and for uh, his family. Uh, we find out that Catelyn knows it's the Lannisters, but Ned can't really do anything without proof, and he decides he's going to find proof, and Catelyn's like, well, what are you going to do when you find it? And he's like, I'll talk to Robert, because he's a fair and just king. And a drunk. Even though he killed the dog. Um, and then Ned and Catelyn kiss goodbye, and she goes back on the King's Road, back to Winterfell. Um, Robert is uh, talking, sorry, rather, uh, Ned is talking to the captain of the Gold Cloaks about killing their first... He calls in Jamie to shame him, and then we find out that Jamie was kind of badass and killed the Mad King when he was saying burn them all and killing uh, Ned's uh, father and brother. Um, across the Narrow Sea, we find out that Khaleesi is starting to take pity on the slaves. She's uh, learning the Dothraki way, but she's a little bit hesitant to go forth with it. Uh, Viserys is not really liking the way that he's being ordered around by his sister. He decides to basically jump on her um, in the jungle, chokes her, and then he basically gets whipped in the throat. Um, and then we have Jorah basically saying, you know what, I think Khaleesi might be a better choice than Viserys. Also, Viserys is kind of a piece of shit, so. Kind of. Gonna go with that one. Um, we have Benjen and John back off at the wall, and they are looking out over the wall. Benjen's going to be leaving in the morning as he's the first ranger, and there's disturbing reports that he doesn't want to believe. Um, you know, we have John basically saying, I want to go with you, I'm ready. And Benjen's like, You're, you haven't earned anything here. When a man gets what he gets, he gets it when he earns it. And he's like, I'll talk to you more about it when I return. Uh, we do find out that Khaleesi is pregnant with the call's baby. Um, and we hear a little bit more information about kind of what's going on, that the last summer has lasted nine long years, and that winter is definitely coming. And uh, one of the longer ones when uh, Tyrion was born was three years long, and it was pretty rough. So who knows how long this one's going to be. Um, and then we have Arya training uh, with Cyril Pharrell trying to be a badass, and we find out that Ned has PTSD about Arya fighting and hears swords that aren't really there. And that's the end of this episode. So, Anel, that's quick description. What did you think? Anything that stood out that you How want to talk about? How long did you say winter was? Nine years? Uh, summer. So this summer has been nine years. I mean, sorry, summer. Yes. So, Get it right! <laughs> so what you're saying is, if Arya is what, 12? I believe so. Ish. Ish. She was like an, a toddler. Yeah. When... And that one wasn't very long. I think it was probably like a year long. So for most of these favorite characters' lives, it's been summer. So no one really knows what to expect from winter. From what I got from this episode, and I could totally be wrong, it sounds like, I mean, most of the characters are, the average age is like Tyrion's age, right? They're in the teens, right? Well, not not the. I'm talking children. about the Starks because they're the closest. Well, I'm to... even talking about Catelyn and um, and Ned. Like, so how old were these characters nine years ago? I don't think Arya was just a newborn, and Sansa was like two years old. Yeah, most of the kids were like born just a little bit ago, Rob, or they're like a little old. Rob and John were eight years old at the end of the last winter. Yep. 
but <laughs> yeah so yeah it's basically pretty intense um it's one of those things where no one really knows what's going on a whole lot they're like yeah it's gonna be winter that's the stark motto but it really who knows um we find out later that like some people make predictions but who freaking knows you know it's just like us now we're like yeah there's going to be a couple hurricanes, and then we're like, there were 14 hurricanes this summer. Oh, weird. The weather. like Global warming's in Westeros, too, folks. Right, exactly. So, um, yeah, I think that was one of the main things that I was thinking about as well. Like, this is crazy town. How old do you think Nana is? Oh, like 95. Is she like old Greg? Old Greg. I'm old Nan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, she is definitely an old one. Um, her stories crack me the hell up. And I love that brand's like, tell me more. Do you think that she's an alcoholic or do you think there's some truth behind what she says? Oh, she's for sure an alcoholic. Like, 100%. There's no way she is not. I mean, ice spiders? So one other thing that I found to be very interesting on uh, this watch was I had never noticed before the amount of parallelism between Joffrey and John in this episode because you kind of see from Cersei how spoiled that Joffrey is and how he thinks the world falls at his feet and she confirms it but then John goes to the wall which you think is kind of like you think of as a humble like oh here's John giving his life to this serve this wall protect uh, the kingdom or the realm as a uh, one of the brothers of the black so then John gets to the wall he's like oh I'm so much better than everyone here tells Benjamin oh I'm ready it's just like who do you think you are you're a bastard and then you get to the wall and you're better than these people I didn't notice that the first time through how bratty this little Stark kid was yeah I can see that what did you think Corey um, I don't know. I almost kind of felt like the opposite. Um, I do understand what you're pointing out there, but to me, it's, I always kind of like to think about like, what would happen if these characters swapped places? So what would happen if we had Joffrey switch places with John? Would Joffrey be a halfway decent person or is it their upbringing and their situations? Um, I do think that he kind of gets the shit out of the stick. I mean, who? Which John. One? John, obviously. Like he, there's no other place for him. His like the person that's supposed to be his mother. Like really, in this episode, I think he is like fourteen, right? Supposedly, I want to say John is fourteen. Let me take a look here in my notes and see if that's true. Um, I always get them so confused because they're so different than everything in the book. I thought they were seventeen. Him and oh yeah. 14 is what he is in the book, so 17 is what he is in the TV show. But it's like, you look at that, he's 17 years old, like, and already Callan's like, go to the wall with the rapers. <laughs> like, I don't want to see your face How's there. Joffrey? Is he the same age as Sansa, probably? Let me see in here. He's 13. And we have Sansa's also 13 in the TV show. So... He's definitely younger, but he's already kind of being, like, a cruel douchebag. Um, but I regardless i just feel like i don't think that john is coming at this as, out, out of a place of like oh i'm better than everybody i just feel like he's completely ignorant and i think that's maybe the parallelism is like 
they're both boys that aren't wise to the world and they only know what other people have told them about themselves. So John's been told completely the entire his entire life from everybody, you're a bastard, you have no like legitimacy for anything, like you're never going to amount to anything. The only thing honorable you can do is go to the wall. And then we have Joffrey, who's basically been told since birth, you're going to be king. Anything you do is right no matter what. And if you want to fuck painted horse, think fuck painted horse. So, I don't know. That's what I see. I don't think that John is as douchebaggery as Joffrey is. Well, I didn't say he was as douchebaggery. I just saw the parallelism. Of and... him being kind of like, man, I'm, I'm the... I'm what the bastard son of Robert, or Ned rather. <laughs> we don't know. This the show's not over good. yet. Yeah, <laughs> that's a twist. Spoiler. Just kidding. Um, but yeah, no, I definitely can see that thread running through a lot of stuff there for sure. Um, okay, well, let's go some, through some of the questions that I thought were brought up, and you can give me a couple if they intertwine, and we'll see what's up. And as always, this first part's gonna be spoiler free. After um, we get to a point where we've exhausted all that, especially in this episode, there's quite a few that are pretty spoilery. We are going to let you know. We'll do the outro music and we'll come back and do all the spoilers for all of those that are rewatching with us. Can't wait. Okay, so on this one, something that I noticed that was really weird. So we have that scene where Jamie is in the throne room and we have Ned going back and forth with him. This is what I'm thinking. Why is Jamie being a douchebag? Like, shouldn't he be trying to conceal that, oh, hey, I just pushed your son out a window, but I wouldn't do that because I'm a nice guy. Instead, he's like, I'm the villain. Suspect me. I think Jamie just feels like he's untouchable. He's so sewn into the tapestry of the royal fam family. He doesn't feel like he has to be respectful to Robert. Who's Robert? To him. Yeah, I can see that. I just think it's a little soon, like... I feel like, but then that's the other thing, is this episode has a little bit of a continent continuity issue. Um, if you're not really paying attention, it can kind of seem like, ah, oh, yeah, we just killed those wolves and then we showed up at court. But it's really been probably half a month since then, because they were just on the road. So it would be, I guess, time for A Jamie. fortnight? It's been a fortnight. Jamie's back to fucking his sister. <laughs> um, okay, so, so far at this episode do you hate joffrey or do you think he's just a spoiled little brat i don't hate him yet he's just a spoiled brat at this point yeah i think i the first time i watched this going through it i hated joffrey right now um they all blend together but i feel like i did really hate him right away at this point it's episode two i don't even know if it's i knew episode three that Joffrey, who Joffrey was at episode four. <laughs> who, who is Joffrey? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Anel has so a hard long. time with names. <laughs> and <so>. faces. <laughs> and information. Anel's blind and deaf. <laughs> <laughs> this, this podcast has been challenging. Um, yeah, I I think just rewatching this, I studying the character a little bit more and seeing some of the nuances of the performance, I don't think I really necessarily hate him so much because really... What made me hate him the first time was the whole incident and how that got Lady killed. But really, that's Cersei. And so, I, and then you see, like, him in the scene where he's trying to talk to his mom and be like, 
I was a coward, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, don't ever say that. Like, you're going to be the king and you can fuck painted whores and you can do whatever you want and blah, blah, blah. And it's like... Enabling at its finest. Yeah, seriously. Definitely uh, her problem. That's how you make a little lord into a little serial killer. A little psychopath. Um, and then speaking of painting... <laughs> fucking painted whores. That's such a weird sentence. Um, don't you think it's kind of weird? Like, Cersei's relationship with Robert is so, like screwed up like we saw in Winterfell he's like making out with the bar wench like in front of everybody at this banquet that seems to be like 98% of her problem is this and yet she's like yeah but you should do the same thing as your father be a piece of shit it's like someone being like god you know what I just have such a problem with your father he drinks and he beats me oh god but you know what you should do start drinking early well I think you know, it, the, their relationship's so complicated, and I don't think Cersei ever intended to be in that situation. But I think now that she is, why would she want Robert to have more of an, a, a, not an advantage, but why wouldn't she want the same thing for her son if he so choose? If she has to put up with it, why would she want the next queen because she's literally just fucking cheating incestually with her brother because of it. So you would think, like, maybe uh, maybe you should do something that's not going to make your partner completely fucking hate you. I don't know. I think she almost has, like, grown to be used to Robert doing it. And it's almost like an advantage. If you want to control someone and they're always drunk and they're not paying attention to what you're doing, it kind of gives you a little bit of an advantage. I don't know. It, I just, I think it's ironic that she's like, yeah, become another piece of shit. Okay, so then we have that last scene with Arya. That's, um, she's training with Syria Pharrell, and they're sparring with these wooden swords, and you can, they're making, like, wooden sword sounds. And then at the very end of it, Ned is, like, zoning out, and it's right before we go out on the entire episode. We hear, like, actual battle, like, metal-on-metal metal swords, and Ned's face goes from, like, like, prideful of Arya training to, like, fearful. Did you catch this? Because I did not catch this the first time, but I did notice it this time. I never caught that at all. I always kind of look for what is going to be the end thing, you know? Like, obviously, Bran falling out a window. Kind mm -hmm. of a big deal in the first one. Bran waking up, the second one. But this one we end, and it's just the sore clashing sound. And I think that's the only reason I really picked up on it. But it is definitely... I think it's... I didn't get this the first time I watched it, but I think that Ned is very aware of what is going on. Sometimes when you watch Game of Thrones, um, it's easy to kind of overlook the character's um, actions and go, eh, they're just kind of in the moment. But I really do think that Ned is fully aware of how dangerous the situation is. And I think he was aware of that before he even left Winterfell. What do you mean sword clashing? Like the wood swords? suddenly made a metal sword sound. Yeah. I didn't notice that at all. Yeah, we'll have to go back and listen to it. But it's very interesting. It, it adds a lot of character depth to Ned, where I used to kind of think he was just an idiot, but I'm like, okay, he knows shit's about to go down. He knows that this is a dangerous situation, and he knows that Arya defending herself, while that is awesome and that's great for her, it also means that she's going to have a life of violence. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Um, okay. So, that's really all I had for this episode. I 
I don't think there's too much to analyze. There's a lot in here that's very straightforward, but it's just a lot of introduction. Um, you know, what did you think about the small council? Um, I thought that the small council was very interesting. We have these completely different people that have no real skill at hiding how um, mischievous they are. We have Varys is literally named the spider or the master of whispers. We have, um, you know, Peter Baelish, who is legitimately telling you right up front, like, oh, hey, um, yeah, we're Hellebroke, and I basically loaned it all from these different sources, and one of them is the Lannisters themselves. So you're like, mm, yeah, I don't know if we should be trusting you. And then we have Robert's brother, who we don't really know a whole lot right now, but he's pretty much like, yeah, he doesn't listen. He's stupid. What can you do? So... It's like we really get the idea that this entire kingdom is really just on the edge of a cliff. Like, and how it's been lasting this long. Like, geez, it's been lasting like 17 years. It's, it's just very interesting to me that, like, this is how we come in. And I think we are worried, like, oh, like, you know, political, political assassination. That's what the hand of the king is needing to do. And it's like literally like Ned is stepping in to be the king, essentially. Yeah, because the king's and, always drunk and... and every, But yet he has so much honor that he can't just be like, okay, I will do that. It's like, oh, I have to try to... I have to get everything on the right track. So it's... He's butting heads with a lot of different people. Um, the other thing I thought that was really interesting is, like, how in this episode John is set up at the wall. Like, you really get the feeling like, oh, this is a really shitty place when he first gets there. But, like, now on top of that, like, everybody hates him. It's like, oh, I'm just going to leave Winterfell because no one likes me because I'm a bastard. And the only thing I can do is go up to the wall. And then he goes up to the wall and he's like, oh, God, like, literally everyone hates me here. Like, man, can this guy catch a break? Yeah, I didn't see it like that. How did you see it? I, well, I already said my piece. John went up there and, I mean... These people are there, they're sentenced to be there. They're not there of their own free will. John comes up looking for, like, I don't know, like a the picture out of the brochure, like, this isn't the Holiday Inn. And uh, I think people found it a little bit um, condescending. You know, the way he was coming off was like, I'm this, uh, well, he was the bastard son of uh, the Lord of the North. Mm -hmm. So... I think that uh, for these people who were sentenced there, he had to kind of prove that he was different than probably the other types of lords that they had met. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't doing a great job when he's like, oh, Uncle Benjen, pulling out everybody that he knows. Like, I know Uncle Benjen. So it sounds like you think he deserves every bit of this. No, I don't. I mean... I just, these are things that I noticed on the rewatch. I definitely, I definitely think he is a little spoiled, and I think he does have a definitely a huge misconception of it. But, I mean, like, literally the, uh, I can't remember his name, but the, the trainer, basically, of all the soldiers when they first come in, he fucking hates John. Like, more than anybody in the world. Well, it's very pretentious to come up there and be like, oh, I'm... From the, you know what I mean. <laughs> so pretentious to be like, oh, I was born. <laughs> How could you be born? I was born a bastard. How pretentious of me. Yeah, no, definitely. You know what I'm getting at. But what did you think about, 
I, I know that when we had talked before, you were talking about how um, Ned Stark got that doll for Sansa. And, she, and then he was, like, freaking out, like, oh, I don't even know my kids. But I thought that was kind of a theme because, you know, he brought Arya and Sansa with him. He's getting Sansa a doll when all she wants to do is Joffrey. <laughs> and then he... I think he was kind of surprised when he saw, like, how Arya had the sword and that she was actually, like, really good. Like, where have you been? Like, I, what kind I, of dad are you that you're not paying attention to the kids that you're like, shocking, Arya's a tomboy? Oh, Sansa wants to not play with dolls? <laughs> yeah, and it's like, also, you live in the North, there's no internet, there's no cell phones, and you literally don't have anything to do besides... Pay attention to your cut kids. Cut people's heads off. <laughs> like... Like, weird. Like, hmm. I also think, though, like, you know, we have Sansa in the very beginning where she's like, I like to sew. It's fun. And I like to do this. Now I'm the perfect girl. And, like, now that she's, like, not under her mom, I feel like she's, like, she's like, I don't like dolls. And I don't like sewing. I like to fucking drink. Like, <laughs> she's like, Sansa gone wild, you know? So I don't think it's necessarily all his fault, but I do think that he is... I think he has a hard time connecting with Sansa because what she wants is, like, completely nothing he can relate to, you know? Whereas Arya, he's a little out of touch until he realizes, like, oh, I can connect with her. Like, I understand what she's going through, and... I know about I swords. Let me get you Serio Pharrell. Yeah. <laughs> the da- the water dancer. The water dancer. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think it's interesting. Um... Yeah, this one, um, overall, you know, I felt like it was a really good episode. It did a lot of character building. Um, I do feel like it is building up to something crazy, and this is where it starts to be like, oh, I'm just going to watch one episode. And they're like, oh, I'll watch two episodes. And maybe three episodes. Like, this is where you start binge-watching Game of Thrones. No? I don't, I mean... Not yet. I like it. This is what I saw at this point. First watch. I was like, oh, little kid got pushed out. There's an imp, like, at a whorehouse. There are uh, twin brother and sister fucking. There are, uh, there's a guy, greasy hair at the wall. There's, like, this little spoiled brat trying to hump a prince. And there's a tomboy. Not sold yet. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's far more interesting now to go back because I miss so much but I didn't you know I it's not my cup of tea yet for there's typically. so many starts of thread to stories and that's what's so crazy like and you're not getting any of them really answered you just get more and more and more so you're like what is this tapestry going to look like you know so that's like I think what was propelling me forward you have the very beginning episode where you have those white walkers you have the wall so you're like, okay, cool, that's what this is about. And then literally we don't see anything about that. And then we, just in this episode, is where John gets the wall. Like, I needed more White Walkers, I think, in the beginning to really hard sell me. Yeah. I'm glad that I, trust me, I love the show. Yes, well, I know. But <laughs> I was this close from, like, being like... Yeah, I can see that. And Goodbye, little lords. I think the little, the, like, political intrigue about it, too, is, like, what started to get me. Because that's when you know, like, like, you can just tell, like, Ned is not going to be happy with leaving things alone. Like, 
Yeah. He's going to mess with stuff. And doesn't he feel kind of like always a day late and a dollar short? Like yeah, you're I'll watching probably. stuff unfold and you're three episodes, three, Corey, are we three episodes in? <laughs> yeah. We're three episodes in and this guy, it's his life. Like we were watching Yeah. and he's like, oh, I bet Sansa wants this doll. Oh, hard to believe that uh, Arya shoots a bow better than Bran and she wants to yeah. fight with swords. Like get yeah. it, get you literally formed a rebellion with this guy, and you had no idea that he was, like, a raging alcoholic weirdo. Yeah. Like, who are you? Or, like, maybe going out and visiting him once in a while. Like. <laughs> yeah, like, send a raven. Like, hey, are you still drunk? Oh, yeah, he's still drunk. Don't answer him. Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I I don't know. I This is definitely on the rewatch where I, I'm like, oh, there's a little bit of subtlety and nuance to his performance, and... I, I definitely have a little respect gained for him, but the first time, that's definitely how I would have felt the entire time. Like, yeah, this guy doesn't know shit. Like, he is definitely like, what? Where am I? <laughs> oh, I'm here? Oh, they're in debt? Oh, weird. Like, you would you would think this would be, like, huge news, right? Uh-huh. Too. Like, I would be like, the, the king's bankrupt the realm, like, to the fucking Lannisters. <laughs> <laughs> like, weird. It's very, it's very interesting. Well, with that, I think that's the end of our discussion on Game of Thrones Season 1, Episode 3. Um, we are going to have more after the music here in a little bit, and we're going to be talking about spoilers, and there's a lot of them. So if you have already watched everything and you're caught up, follow through to that one. If not, we will see you again next week. As always, you can always go to our website at tobeperfectlyhonestpodcast.com. Uh, the links are below, and we also have our email, tobeperfectlyhonestpodcast at gmail. And you can always leave us feedback, questions, or any concerns you have, something that we didn't cover, and we'll put in the next one um here on these next couple ones we might actually be combining a couple we'll have to see how they go we never really know how they go until we edit them so we might be doing four and five next we might be just doing four we'll have to see how it goes or in my case i might just think we're still on episode two <laughs> stay <Constantly>. tuned <laughs> we're like weird we're in season four feels like episode two <laughs> this went by like crazy um with that We'll see you next time. I'm Corey. I'm Anel. And be perfectly honest. Okay, so you made it to the spoiler section. We're back. This is the good section. For those of you who need to talk more Game of Thrones, this is where it is. So I have done a couple things that I normally don't do too much of. Normally, I have just a lot of questions about stuff, and I'm like, okay. But this one, I was like, I need to go into the darkest, deepest part of Game of Thrones oh, Reddit bad. and figure out some good questions Yikes. to stump you and L. So oh, they're going to start pretty already. easy. But then we're going to go and we're going to get a little crazy. So um, I will definitely be reading the ones verbatim if I've still stolen them from anybody. Um, But some of these are just questions I had along the way. So let's get into it. Okay, so my first spoiler for you now. Ready. Do you think that Peter Baelish's hate for the Starks started with Ned's brother dueling him? Or do you think this is something that developed later? No, I think that his... Do you think he's he's been doing this like my quest for revenge since he's been literally like like fifteen or sixteen? I yeah. Well, I think it's always been around Cotlin. Cotlin. 
But he doesn't even really fucking like... I mean, yeah, he says he loves Catelyn, but his idea of love is basically like, eh, murder you. Like... Well, I think he's had a boner for her since he was, like, a little kid, and when I they wouldn't take him seriously. And I feel like, like it's more like a possession thing. Like, oh, Catelyn's my possession, my thing. You're taking her away from me. It's not fair. I'm going to punish everybody, and she loves you, so I'm going to punish her for that. Well, I guess that's one way to look at it. I don't really see it as some... I, I don't see it at that point as something that he would punish Catelyn for. I think it, it in his mind at the time, he really thinks that if Ed was out of the picture, Edward, 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 Edward. <laughs> if he was out of the picture, I think Littlefinger thinks that he could actually have Catelyn. He's like a sociopath. Yeah, totally. Totally. Speaking of sociopath, do you think um, we are ever going to see ice spiders? One thing I was... Uh, thinking about uh, was the old man situation and what if she is not talking literally she's about a white walker spiders <laughs> but do you remember in Hardhome how the whites were like jumping across the mountain and like scurrying it was kind of like little crabs or spiders and I wonder if they like can do kind of like a transformers move and like come and turn into ice like oh a God. huge spiders or you know, I, I think crazy there's like literally that? spiders, but I think we um, we might get in this last season, hopefully, just because it's been so low budget before. Not low budget, but you know what I mean? They've been like, eh, we have one big scene of CGI and we're going to blow everything else on everything else. Season so. seven was kind of ridiculous, though. It's crazy good with all kinds of like oh dragon God. stuff. Yeah. I'm getting a boner. I would, I would kind of <laughs> think it would be there. I would have liked to see an ice spider instead of that bear, but that bear was spooky, so... Oh, gross. I didn't like the bear. I didn't either, but I'm just saying it was creepy, so I get it. Um, okay, so you think we're not going to see ice spiders then? No, I Pencil think, I think we will see ice spiders, but I just don't know if we They're actually literally spiders. are going to be the literal spider that everyone's thinking. Okay. I think everyone's thinking tarantula, and it might be something different. <laughs> gross. Ice tarantula. <laughs> Scary. Um... So speaking of Nan, she has a line that just, uh, right as a um, one of the ravens falls on the window um, and Bran looks at it, it's a weird placement in the scene, but she says, you can't trust crows. They're all liars. And I thought that was such a weird line. Like, did you pick that up the first time? I felt like there was so much importance placed on it. It was like, so like, oh, but nothing ever really comes of that night. I'm like thinking the crows, that's what the, uh, you know, the people of the north or, you know, north of the wall, the wildlings, that's what they call the, the Night's Watch. But really there's no other crow. I mean, it's either talking about the three-eyed raven being a liar or the, the Night's Watch being liars. It just, it was such a weird place thing to not be, just be a throwaway line like, man, they're liars. Well, I thought they said can't trust these hoes. Oh, that's very true. You can't trust those that. either. Don't, uh, don't trust the chick with the big boobs, Ross. No, actually, I, I did not notice that. I mean, I heard it, but I didn't, it didn't place as much emphasis as you did on it. But I mean, I didn't even notice it the first time. I know I didn't. It's it literally caught me off surprise. I was like, oh my god, like this is how prophetic. I'm gonna have to watch. Episode two again. Watching it all over again. <laughs> yeah, girl. Um, Episode three, folks. 
listening at home. Please don't write in about that was a joke. Seriously. Um, so we did get into it a little bit. Um, we're trying not to be super spoily in the first part, but dude, Jorah is so obviously a spy. Like, Jorah the Explorer. I know you love that. He's like, hey, oh, you have a baby? Yeah, I need to go to the, ne the like, biggest city, but don't ask. I need a restroom <laughs> <laughs> in another city. He's like, oh, um, oh, yeah, this hangar? Yeah, um... I don't, I don't know why I packed a bunch of hangers, but it was definitely not because King Robert wants me to give you an abortion. <laughs> it's like, uh, you're so obvious, dude. Like, what the fuck? Um, yeah, dude, and his reaction to her being pregnant, she's like, what? Like, insane. Um, we have that scene with Ned and Catelyn. This is the last time they see each other before they both die. It's so sad, and they both, like, so obviously know, like... That is so sad. So, I know. I mean, it is crazy. This is the last time we're going to see Benjen for 53's episodes. Like, he's like, yep, I'm here in the first one, the second one, the third one, and yep, then you're never going to see me again. Like, crazy that we <laughs> even follow up with him. And... And real no explanation of what the fuck you were doing. But it's the same kind of situation as Gendry. What if we find out that Benjen and Gendry were... Always, like, planning something in the back. What if they are the White Walker? <laughs> oh, my God. Dun, dun, dun. That's impossible, but, you know. Yeah, I, I don't think so. It doesn't seem very likely. But, yeah, that's definitely what the show likes to do. And I can't help but think that we're going to have more little things like this in the last season. For is there, sure. Is there anyone else that's been, like, popped MIA? up and then gone for, like, the entire... I mean, shit, you think everyone's dead. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's like, true. Well, there was a game I was going to play with Anel, but I, I got too lazy to do it. But, like, how many people in this episode or that we've seen and been introduced to are, like, legitimately dead? How many people are alive, even? Like, that's the easier thing to say. Like, ten? Maybe we should start off each episode with those <laughs> cheers to those left behind. We'll do a shot for everyone who Pour dies. Pour it out on the ground. Seriously. Um, you know, speaking of that as well, we also don't see Tyrion and Jon together until six seasons after this. So it's like we have this little bit of like, oh, here's this these characters and here's their relationship. And then, oh, they're going to go through some shit. <laughs> but the show does such a good job at just the little bit of time that these characters have together, um, building those relationships and making them believable to where you do feel like, oh, Catelyn and Ned, like, they have this super bond, and Arya and Jon, super bond. Yeah, and totally. Then you don't see them again together. And, and that's why that's why I think these three episodes are so much, like, they're such good at character building because you do realize, like, all of these connections that you're so attached to are literally just from three episodes, you know, A few seasons. Minutes behind so yeah it's it's crazy yeah you see literally you see Arya and the hound together a million times more yep. than john and Arya. yeah oh totally yeah and you're like what the fuck like crazy uh genius but fucking crazy um also when we meet the small council which is crazy to see them all right now i'm like oh my god like all you think of all the stuff that Maester Pycelle does, all the things, Peter Baelish that we just got rid of in this last season. Little finger. You know, um, God, we have Robert's brother, like, jeez. Like, mm -hmm. I didn't know you were gay yet, sir. Oh, hey. Mm, let me shave your chest. Um, 
out of all of those five people in that small castle, Varys is the only one alive still. Like, gold star for Varys. Gold star. Master of Whispers. The more you know. Um, I think he's definitely going to be an important part here in this coming season. I feel it. Yep. His dislike of magic and how magic heavy I feel like this one's going to be. Um, we do have the red, um, the red priestess, uh, Melisandre, is no longer in the picture because she went back over to, uh, why do I want to say Zerts? Essos? Essos, yeah. She went somewhere in Essos, but it's like, I wonder how integral she's going to be to the ending of the season. And I wonder if Varys is going to help relinquish her or if he's going to help in some way with the White Walkers. Yeah, they've really set the tone for uh, something more to come with both of those characters. So I'd be really surprised if, if to count them out. Yeah, definitely. Um, so we were talking about parallelism a little bit in the beginning of the episode, but this was between, um, we had Jamie and we had John. So I want to point some parallelism. I guess it's like maybe anti-parallelism. I'm not smart enough to know the difference, but Riddle me this. Okay, so we have Jamie. Jamie's growing up. He is in a famous house. They're really rich. Um, he has Tywin Lannister as his father. And when he is like 15 or 16, all he wants to do is become a just and noble knight, right? What does he do? He ends up getting talked into serving on the King's Guard. And he basically serves the king. He does this this entire time, and I think it's a very similar thing to kind of what John does, where John goes to the wall and he's like, oh, honor, this is going to be great. And it's like, oh, no, this is shitty. I'm scrubbing tables and I'm freezing. Probably a little bit easier than the wall, for sure. But really all he's doing is standing guard, waiting on the king, and I don't know what Ares like to do, but probably just drink and fuck and do the same thing that Robert does. So not very interesting. And then we have, we have Ned. Now, Ned basically gets to fulfill what Jamie wanted to do, right? Jamie wanted to grow up, be a knight, have all the honor, go and fight. All he really cares about is love and fighting and his family, right? And Ned gets to do that. Ned gets to go after the bastards that steal, quote-unquote, his sister. He gets to go and fight an honorable fight. And he's never locked down, and he gets all the honor, and then he goes back, and he's essentially the king of the north, like awesome so i think that that is where all of this resentment comes from when we're talking in the beginning and it's a lot more layered than you really see in the beginning like you don't even notice it in the very beginning um did that catch up to you at all or is that am i talking cuckoo no yeah definitely i noticed that and i think just like you were saying earlier about imagining people if they were born under different scenarios yeah. and i think that jamie is inadvertently kind of like an anti-hero like he totally has all the qualities if his situation was a little different that he would be noble like an Edward Stark type character. He loves his sister, who is his twin. He kind of has an evil family, but if you look at Ned, he loves just his... Just a little bit. <laughs> he just a little. But, um, you know, if he had the opportunity to be in a situation with a Catelyn and have, like, legitimate kids that weren't incest babies... <laughs> It would be a totally different story, you know. Yeah. I think, I I think that he is he's a little bit different than uh, what people. There's more layers to him than what's led on so far. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, he's like an onion. He's like Shrek. An onion has layers. <laughs> he's like Shrek who fucks his sister. Oh yeah, just like that. Totally. 
Yeah, I think that it's definitely a situation of circumstance. And I just, I, it seems so ironic to me. Like, if we look back and we calculate it, you know, I believe, well, okay, let's see. We decided, what, that Jamie was 40? 35. 35 is what he is in um, the TV series. So, and we know that the Rebellion is basically as old as um, Jon Snow is, right? So Jon Snow is 17. So 35 minus 17 is what? That's 18 years. So essentially we have 18 year old, probably 17 to be honest, because the math is probably, you know, you got your nine months. You got 17 year old Jamie killing, <laughs> don't make fun of my math. You have 17 year old Jamie killing the king, basically the hero who has saved the entire country from setting on fire and doing all this. And that's had to stick with him this entire time. I mean, can you imagine doing something? It's like people who are like, I got really drunk. I was 17. I got behind the car. And obviously, I didn't know what I was doing. I was super drunk. And I hit and I killed a bunch of people. And now I have a life sentence. Like I was 17. I agreed to go to the wall. Wasn't like the brochure. Exactly. And now I have a life sentence. Exactly. So there, there's this parallelism with all of these people. And it's very, um, it, it's just interesting. It, it kind Don't of blows turn you 17, away. folks. Don't Not in <laughs> Westeros. Seriously, I wish I would have never turned 17. Look at me now. Look at us. Working in retail. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just, I wanted to point that out. I thought that was really interesting. Another little interesting tidbit in this one, and now I don't know if I misunderstood this or not. And I'll, I know we talked about this a little earlier and you were kind of like, what in the fuck are you talking about? But Robert was supposed to be married to Lyanna Stark but she secretly hooked up and was married with Rhaegar. Cersei was supposed to be married to Rhaegar, but he was killed, and then the Baratheon bloodline took over the throne, and so that's how she ended up with Robert. So that is very ironic as well. Did we confirm, though, that Cersei was supposed to be married to Rhaegar? Because I think, like what I was telling you before, is that I thought that Rhaegar was either betrothed or supposed to be married to, um, what's her name from Sunspear? Oh, yep, you're, we're both right. Okay, so Cersei was promised to Prince Rhaegar Targaryen as a young girl, but he ended up marrying Elia Martell before getting killed by King Robert Baratheon. She grew up kind of like a Sansa, being promised to the, the would-be prince. And while that, you know, that didn't end up working out, we do have this kind of, you know, this dreaming idea of love and it's oh so pure and princes and princesses and duels and it, in reality it's so much darker and complicated and I think that is so like telling and it's so crazy like these two are each other's own personal hell essentially and it's because of their expectations. Their expectations that they had that they were going to be with somebody else for Robert, it's fucking hell ironic because she didn't even want to be with him. And she has a kid with Rhaegar. Lyanna, anyways. And then, yeah, like, same thing with her. Like, she was like, oh, I, I was supposed to be do this. And it's like, look where you are now. You're well, married to a drunk piece of shit. Well, like, Robert's great to no, be king. Robert's no prize, for sure, as he second. is now. I think we can all agree that Robert's no prize now. But do you think he would have been different if he would have actually married Lyanna? I don't know if that's true. I don't I don't trust really anything. Because if it was true, then 
maybe what I said before about Ned, how could he go down there, volunteer, well, be voluntold to be Hand of the King, knowing that Robert's like an alcoholic POS. But maybe if the Robert that he knew back during the rebellion was a totally different Robert, and maybe that's why he drinks now is because he's in an unhappy marriage and all he does is pine away for the one that got away. So come to think of it, um, an ongoing theme in this episode is um, people who are put in positions where they feel like they have some entitlement. When they actually don't, they haven't earned anything. You have John going to the wall, and he's not earned any kind of respect from these guys. He just expects that he's going to go in there and be, John motherfucking Snow! And they're like, who are you? And we don't like you. And he's like totally shocked. We have Joffrey, who thinks that he gets respect just from being a Lannister and just from being the son of the king. And, oh... Uh, you know, these people should worship me. And the same kind of thing with uh, Viserys. He thinks that he's entitled to the throne because his dad was the Mad King and he's the one true heir. But none of these people have really earned that degree of respect at all. They just seem so entitled. So maybe that's the uh, theme here. And then you have Robert, too. But, I mean, you could care less. But yeah. So you think the theme is like everybody getting their reality checked, basically? Everyone, well, I don't know if they've had their reality check yet. Viserys hasn't. It's, yeah, either has Joffrey, like, I guess. It's just like an entitlement thing. You start seeing these characters um, and getting to know them a little better and a lot of the entitlement. And I think it will play out later. Well, I know it'll play out later. We're in the spoilers, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll definitely. see it play out later. Yeah, for sure. Um, who do you think has the John's most interesting... <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that, because that hasn't been talked to death. Um, no, who do you think is, like, your your number one character now? Like, we're going back and we're seeing a lot of these origin stories, for lack of a better term, of all of these characters that we know and love that are left. I guess mainly it's Starks right now. Huh. But who is your person... I guess you... I mean, I know you have a secret love for Jamie, but... Oh, I Who didn't is... develop that and develop till later. Yeah, but we're talking right now, like as of currently. Oh, right now. It's so Jamie. going going back and seeing all of these stories, has that changed anything, or is it still Jamie all the way? Um, it like seeing Jamie develop over time, and then seeing thing like the scene that we talked about earlier with Ned, and um, I really just think he has it in him from day one to be this perfect human being. I just really think that, you know, you can see that he is, there's, I don't know how to put it. You love him. I just love him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, honestly, I asked that question. I Please don't know. Please cut that all out. Because <laughs> I'm like, I love that. Not, not happening. Um, I think that for me, like, my favorite character going into this next season is definitely John. I don't think that this paints John in that great of a life, a life, a light. He's really kind of empty and shallow at this point, but it's because he doesn't know anything better, and he's just basically like this one-dimensional character. And oh, we yeah, see... he just follows his dad around and tries to emulate him, but he doesn't oh, have the, the 
he doesn't have the depth of experience to draw from to mm-hmm. make these decisions valuable. You yeah. know what I mean? Like We're just seeing the start of Daenerys, and while she's definitely interesting, she's not, definitely not my favorite either. Um, I'd say Arya is my favorite. Jamie at this point was not I my see, favorite. See, in Arya, we don't have a whole lot either. We we know she's a tomboy. That's essentially her character. But she was the most exciting, you know? Like in the she's... last episode, she definitely stuck up for her ideals, and she definitely, like, I, I get her. And she's probably definitely, you know, I just talked to myself out of all the characters, I just realized. But, yeah, I think it's definitely, you know... I like Arya a lot. I like her a lot currently in the new season. Nymeria is your favorite. Um, yeah, you know, you know, basically. I just think that um, the Starks are looking really good from right now. And I am i can't wait to see kind of what happens with this family. I'm so glad they're back together. It's easy to forget when you're rewatching this, starting over at the beginning, like the journey they all go through and how we have Sansa, we have Jon, and we have Arya, and they're all together. And then you blink and they're not. Yep. <laughs> and then they all die. <laughs> Everyone dies. Everyone's dead. Everyone's a White Walker. So let me restart about this Jamie thing, okay? <laughs> and Corey's laughing because he's like... For the record, Anel has her forward. hands outside of her pants. <laughs> fast forward 17 minutes later. No, but really, I think that um, in retrospect, you can see that uh, you can see Jamie in a different light when he has these little snarky comments. You see that they come from a place that may not be as evil or as disingenuous uh, as what you thought. Um, maybe a little bit of jealousy for Ned, um, but knowing what you know now about Jamie, um, he am I boring you, Corey? <laughs> Sorry. You just realized it was like, oh, should I be yawning? <laughs> Yawn and I'll stop there. I digress. No, Go I ahead. thought it was good. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I do really like... Just like the viewers are yawning it, right now. It's, I, the thing I find with Jamie is he's so polarizing these early episodes because he's someone that has really true ideals. He's smart. And, I mean, his ideals are to, to fight for what he thinks is honorable. So his family and love. But then he fucking pushes a kid out of a window, you know? So it's so hard to like him. But at the same time, you're like, damn, like, everyone else is stupid. At least you know what you like. Like, I don't know. It's gross you're in incest. But, I mean, at the same time, can you really blame him? Because everybody's doing it left and right here. Like, I don't know. He is a good character. Yeah. Who's your least favorite character right now that is still alive? Sansa's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sansa has not uh, elevated herself to the level of my least favorite character yet. I'd say probably my least favorite is Joffrey. But it's alive currently in the new seasons. Oh, in the new seasons? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. That's a how good do you question. how do you feel about Jorah? Jorah's an explorer. You just got to love. Good or bad. I really like, ugh. He gave me the creepy molesto vibes. I hope and then... that he finds love and that it's not Danny because. God, seriously. But I hope John finds love and it's not Danny either. Danny needs like. Another dragon. She needs that blonde headed, uh, what's his face from <laughs> the original one. Oh, God. Fabio. <laughs> Fabio. No. No, 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 no. Yeah, I, 
I don't know, man. It's I just don't even know where they're gonna go with this next season. Like, there's so much that has to happen. Here's the thing, we know, Cersei is pregnant, so she says they're gonna have like some sort of like mirror of pregnant Cersei, pregnant Daenerys. I bet the battle of the mom Pregos. hormones. <laughs> Teen Mom 3. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um, my other question is, I thought, okay, and I need probably to refresh this, so this might get cut out, but... So, Cersei was, had a fortune that she would have no more kids, right? Mm-hmm. But, but then she's they pregnant? Have, they haven't had that in the, in the TV show. Oh, okay. The That's Maggie the I'm... Frog was... Um, in the well, there was a Maggie the Frog, but it did not go into the fact that she'd have um, only three kids. Oh, and then we have the same thing too with Daenerys. She was also foretold to be barren for the rest of her life. Yeah, but that's from a crazy homeless lady. <laughs> I always listen to crazy homeless ladies. Well, we know. Let's see how far that's gone. That's you. how I've bought my house. That's how we made this podcast. <laughs> I really by the advice yes. of the crazy homeless people. You should podcast. <laughs> Great idea. Um, yeah, I, I honestly cannot wait. I'm really glad that we're going through these episodes. Um, like we had said before in um, the non-spoiler section, these next ones go by really fast, and they're a little bit of filler. Um, so I think we might be combining episodes four and five. We'll have to see how they go. We don't really know until we edit them. Um, so next time, uh, if you're going to rewatch, make sure you've watched four and five. That way you can talk with us freely. Um, but with that. I think I'm out of questions. How about you, Anel? Yeah, I think we can wrap it up. Um, as always, we love your guys' feedback, especially if you have anything extra, especially in the spoiler section. So if you want to shout out anything, any of your predictions, anything like that, go ahead and shoot us an email at tobeperfectlyhonest at gmail.com. It is below in the description if you just want to click on it. It's a nice little shortcut, and it goes straight to us. Also, we love your reviews, so if you want to go ahead and rate and review us on iTunes, it helps a lot. And uh, with that, I think that's the end of this episode. We Thank will see you, you, little lords. Little lords and ladies. We'll see you next week. As always, I'm Corey. I'm Anel. And be perfectly honest.